0: The, this whole conversation is leading toward at the end of the day what 's at stake right and, yeah. and so the last the last question is what are the most important benefits that an evangelical misses out on by rejecting the restored gospel of the Church of Jesus Christ of latter day saints what so essentially what's at stake in all of this anyway
1: yeah uh, that's a good question um and it'll vary depending on who you talk to. I think I would have more of a um, I don't know. Perhaps a, a softer take on it, just because. Is of my there a,
0: is there perhaps a an objective church teaching on it that maybe you could just lay down as a baseline and then? Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, there?
1: yeah. Um, so I, I'd say the official church teaching would be that those who um, you know uh, choose not to be members of the LDS Church or to accept the restored gospel in this life uh, miss out on the opportunity to uh, make and keep sacred covenants uh, through saving ordinances uh, that is officiated um, through the proper authority as a uh, restored to Joseph Smith uh, that has its origin with Jesus Christ. Um, and because of that, um, you know, the, these, these covenants um Basically, one has to enter into these covenants, one has to, um, uh, yeah, one has to enter into them in order to uh, eventually obtain salvation um, and uh, potentially exaltation. And so um, the official church teaching would be that uh, the LDS Church, in the LDS Church, that's where the, the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ is present. And so, uh, not just on, on when it comes to covenants as, um, carried out through proper authority, uh, but that, you know, God has prophets and apostles on the earth today who wield that authority and who are authorized to speak, uh, on his behalf. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, when you ask like, what's at stake, I think that's a, that's a bit, bit of a different question, at least for me personally. Uh, then the question, what, what, what is an evangelical missing out on by not being Mormon? Because I think I would include a lot more things in that category, but mm-hmm. the, the what's at stake language sounds a lot more like, um, uh, salvation oriented or like, uh, you know, uh, eternities oriented. Um, well, I, I so, guess
0: the, the most important benefits in, in that aspect of the question is, yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe start at the top and then work your, <laughs> your way yeah, down.
1: Okay, okay. So, so let me put it this way. I've talked with different evangelicals who have proposed a kind of like Pascal's wager uh, when it comes to Mormonism yeah. and Christianity uh, saying that, you know, according to my belief as an evangelical, um, if you do not accept Jesus Christ, if you did not accept the gospel of Jesus Christ as, you know, espoused in uh, the scriptures in the Bible, um, you cannot be saved um and your theology of Jesus Christ has to be correct right um uh when it comes to the the primary issues the the primary claims of uh, of the bible of god's word um and so if you reject that you know or if you do not uh if you do not accept Christ's atoning sacrifice on your behalf Um, by looking to him as your exclusive Lord and savior, um, you can't be saved. And if you're not saved, uh, then, you know, the afterlife uh, is uh, composed of those who accept Christ and are saved and are able to dwell with God for eternity. And those who are not saved and are, you know, face eternal divine punishment, um, you know, and are uh, cast to, to hell. Um, and, uh, so that, that eternal punishment, um, not only is that a separation of God, but I think there's a suffering element present there as well. Um, that, uh, you know, that this life is the life for you to choose whether you believe in Christ or not. Um, you know, I imagine we could have a, a conversation about, you know, people who never hear the name of Christ and, you know, how God may or may not save them, uh, as per, I think, Romans 1. Um, in Reformed theology, um, but just in general, like if we take the example of like uh, like a Mormon talking to a Christian, hearing the gospel preached, and in this life choosing to reject that, um, you know that they're rejecting salvation. Whereas if a Christian talks with the Mormon missionaries, and let's say they they choose not to convert to Mormonism, um, it's the belief, it's an official belief of the LDS church that in the afterlife, you will also be able to hear the gospel preached and have the opportunity to accept it. Um, and uh, if, if you do that, um, you will be, be able to live in a, um, a kingdom of glory that far surpasses uh, the, the glory of like this earth. It's, it's a great place um, and you get a resurrected body. You're able to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, like the afterlife is still a good place for you. And let's say you uh, even uh, you were an awful person, and you kind of reject the gospel or whatever. In the next life, um, even the 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 lower kingdom is still kind of better or at least equivalent to to Earth. Um, and so this concept, I, I guess, I'm saying of eternal punishment uh, in the form of uh, the Christian view of hell um, is absent from mm-hmm. uh, Mormon theology. And yeah, so, there, there's you know, not a
0: bifurcated kind of, <clears throat> uh, it's not an either or, it's a variety yeah. of possibilities, none yeah. of which seem bad.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and so if we're doing a purely like Pascal's Wager type thing to it, um, I would probably agree with uh, evangelicals as well that the, the stakes are higher if Christianity um, is true, if uh, evangelical uh, Christianity is true. Um, so, you know, in terms of just, like, the basic stakes, that's how I would differentiate it. Um, if we go just beyond, like, the the view of salvation, um, I would likely point to distinct doctrines or teachings or, or beliefs or practices present within the LDS Church and, and within Mormonism, uh, that I find to be personally, like, very valuable or meaningful or beautiful or, or, uh, very impactful uh, to both this life and eternity. Um, But yeah, on a, on a bottom level, uh, I think, I think the different views of salvation and what the afterlife consists of uh, that's where the stakes are.
0: Um, You mentioned as far as like from the church's perspective on what is taught that the sacred covenants, it sounded like you were saying that those are integral to salvation and exaltation. Could you explain that more of what those, what those are and how someone who's not LDS could still go to a kingdom without salvation, what that means?
1: Well, um, so there's uh, at least two ways of defining salvation within Mormonism, both of which would be uh, valid. Um, It just depends on the context that you're using it. So there's this idea of like a general salvation where everyone who has ever lived will be able to be resurrected and return to the presence of God and judged, Um, and so they'll receive a resurrected body. And so, you know, then after judgment, they'll be relegated to, you know, the, the kingdoms of glory. Right. So that's like, a let's say like a general salvation that all of us are able to return to God, um, and, uh, uh be judged and receive our, our resurrected bodies. Um, Sometimes, though, salvation is used synonymously with exaltation um, in Mormon thought, exaltation being the idea of going to not just the highest kingdom of glory, uh, but also the potential to become like God, um, become gods uh, ourselves. And so uh, in this process of becoming like God, uh, we're able to progress uh, to such a level that uh, you any know, qualities that God has, uh, we're able to develop as well. Um, And uh, so the requirements for a general salvation versus an exaltation um, would be different. Exaltation uh, being predicated on one's obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel, Um, uh, their, you know, following of these sacred covenants present through various ordinances, uh, many of which are uh, carried out and officiated in Mormon temples. Um, uh, including like the endowment ritual and the the temple sealing, uh, marriage sealing, uh, so that uh, you know two uh, a, a couple a, a man and woman are able to be sealed together as husband and wife, not just for this life, uh, but for the eternities as well. Um, so th- those things all need to be. Uh, th- those are all seen as required uh, for exaltation. Uh, and the the faithful uh observance of them uh you know keeping the commandments and uh, essentially being sanctified uh to such a, a degree uh that uh, deification or exaltation occurs
0: um so basically could it be said that within the latter-day saint framework everybody gets promoted but not everybody gets exalted would that be a yeah oh, like right.
1: every, every everyone gets saved, but not everyone gets uh, exalted. Um, well
0: do you want to venture into outer darkness in this conversation?
1: well <laughs> well th- that's a bit different um, but uh, yeah I, I do want to say that bottom line um, everyone gets saved, and that's not really contingent on one's agency. that's like a like seen as a manifestation of of the grace of God um, that like everyone gets resurrected body. Um, and virtually everyone, uh, exaltation is more predicated upon one's own obedience, faithfulness, and works. Um, and, and just because you mentioned outer darkness, outer darkness would be reserved for those who, um, either knowing of the fullness of the truth, um, yeah, and knowing of the fullness of the truth, whether you know they experience that themselves or, or let's say standing before the judgment bar of God viewing God face to face or whatever, um, choose to reject, uh, all of it. Um, so that's, that's who outer darkness would be relegated for those who, uh, fully reject, uh, God himself and, you know, the the gospel of Christ and have nothing to do with it.
0: Gotcha. So then, um, I guess, considering the two different perspectives, uh, where you've got, and it is so interesting because, From the evangelical standpoint, we do not claim the one true church. We don't have that kind of claim. You know, we've got diversity that -hmm. exists pretty widely, um, and we see unity in that diversity. Whereas when it comes to uh, Latter day Saint theology, you have the one true church claim being very prominent, very, uh, you know, foundational to the whole system. Mm -hmm. Then when you switch topics from church to like gospel, then evangelicals are very exclusive. And it's one of two options. And it's the opposite for uh, Latter-day Saints, where it becomes a bunch of diversity, and then some unity there, where there's a unity in salvation for everybody, even those who um, reject the gospel. (laughs) There's that, but there's a diversity within exaltation. And Mm -hmm. um, in the Christian perspective, of course, there is no um diversity if there's one salvation and everyone's on the same level everyone's exalted to the same level um, so considering the evangelical gospel you know taking something like romans that very very clearly teaches that all of sin and fall short of the glory of god that that jesus god in flesh died in our place for our sins and rose again and that by trusting in his name alone that a person then is born again and saved for all eternity by trusting in his finished work. And that in that moment, um, you know, passages like Ephesians two talk about how we're exalted in that moment that we are seated in the heavenlies. What's your evaluation of the evangelical gospel that is so exclusive um, seeking to be faithful to scripture, as opposed to um, the, the, Gospel of Latter day Saints, which allows for such diversity. And obviously, you're a Latter day Saint, so we know what jersey you're wearing, so to speak. But what's your evaluation of the dynamics that are going on there?
1: So, I'll speak to my personal experience um, because this was largely a question that I had to ask myself as a teenager when I was actively. And I I mean, I I definitely want to still identify myself as a religious seeker, even though I identify as a Latter day Saint and, you know, I'm a member and, you know, uh, feel very strongly converted to Mormonism, um, I I definitely continue to examine and consider evangelical truth claims, right? Um, So even though um, I'm in a different space than I was when I was a teenager, when I wasn't so sure of where I stood, um, I I still want to consider myself open to change, potential change down the road. Um, When I was a teenager, however... um, one thing that, uh, you know, very much uh, uh, w- was a very big question for me uh, was um, along the lines of salvation and who is saved. And I, I just don't think uh, that... I, I, don't, I don't think that uh, kind of the bifurcated... Um, Afterlife of the evangelical gospel, um, one in which, um, yes, you know, many are saved, um, but not all. Uh, That was that was a very hard teaching for me. Um, Also, uh, the implication of that being that those who are not saved uh, suffer eternally in hell. Um, That was hard for me to uh, find um, a deity uh, that would. Um, arrange for that uh, to be palatable or one that I felt inclined to worship. Um, you know, granted, I, I, I'm sure that uh, if I had a particular born-again experience uh, that, you know, you, you would consider to be the the regeneration of, of the heart, right, um, that uh, I, I would feel differently, um, but uh, that, that was something that was rather difficult for me. Um, I, I think that came from having two parents, uh, that espouse different worldviews. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I considered where the stakes, you know, we already established that, uh, the stakes are much more severe, uh, within an evangelical worldview. Um, I, I had to ask myself, you know, what am I going to, you know, what does heaven look like for me? Right. Am I going to be there with my family? Um, and, uh, you know, I found I found the Mormon worldview to be accommodating of uh of people at varying beliefs or, or levels in a way that does not result in eternal punishment um to the same extent. And also within Mormonism, there's diversity of thought on whether there's progression between these kingdoms, right? And so um while many LDS leaders have espoused um, views where you know, after final judgment, that truly is final judgment and you go to a kingdom and that's where you're at for eternity. Other LDS leaders, prophets, um, and members and theologians have advocated for a progression model between kingdoms where it's uh, through the lens of eternal progression. And so even though you are judged and go to a certain place, if you desire to, um, you know, ascend higher or you know, accept the, the truth necessary to be sanctified and, um, you know, go to a, another kingdom and progress in the eternities, um, that, that's also a, a school of thought within Mormonism. And so I found that one um, very um, appealing, uh, compelling even. Um, I, I think, you know, my personal theology would be very universalist in the sense that I, I doubt that there are, in the afterlife, there will be few, if any, individuals that uh, truly do choose to reject God outright. Um, and so, it's it's my personal theology uh, that's been a product of my life experience, where um, the the God that I do feel um, is worthy of my worship, or that that I do actively want to worship, is one uh, that you know allows for that to take place. But, but certainly the bifurcated afterlife and the eternal punishment part of the evangelical gospel, uh, that was very, very difficult for me to reconcile that with my own belief in God and my understanding of who God is and and even the morality of God. Um, but uh, certainly I want to recognize... Uh, that there are passages of scripture, not just within the Bible, but also in Mormon texts, which also, um, you know, espouse a bifurcated afterlife and espouses rhetoric and imagery of fire and brimstone hell and things like that. Um, so that that's still present within Mormon texts to a degree, um, and so I I can understand in the evangelicals' desire to be strictly rooted in scripture. Uh, you know, where that theology is coming from. And also within the evangelical gospel, uh, the logical coherence uh, that that view of salvation takes. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, it just wasn't one that I found um, compelling. Although perhaps in the future, maybe I'll experience something that will, you know, I'll have a paradigm shift there, but.
0: Cool. Yeah. I'd love to explore some of those topics further, but we have gone for a long time and so we should probably land the plane. (laughs) Uh, So for those of you watching, really hope that this has been beneficial to you, this conversation to be able to explain some things in detail. And uh, if you have thoughts or questions, please share them with us. Uh, Please share this with anybody that you might think needs to hear more about these topics. And um, I guess until next time, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you. Yeah. Nice yeah. chatting. Thanks for taking the time.